Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Built Environment Marketing Show, hosted by me, Iowa Bass from Abbas Marketing. Today, my guest is the amazing Andy Matthews, who is the co-founder of an architectural firm called Roach Matthews. I first met Andy a few years back when his practice was starting out and he was a panellist on one of our Build Up Networking events. He was really impressive, particularly in the kind of strategic way that he approached marketing and BD, even as a small firm just starting out. And it's something they've carried through, which is great to hear. Um, I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes so you can watch it as well. It's a really useful kind of uh, episode to kind of catch up on. Anyway, back to today. It was great to catch up with Andy just to see how his practice has evolved over the past two years and what systems and processes he's got in place now. I'll stop talking so you can get on with listening. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, Andy. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. Can you introduce yourself and your role at Roach Matthews? Morning. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm Andy. Uh, I'm one half of Roach Matthews and we're a small studio founded around two years ago and we're now a team of five, which is great. Um, we've grown since uh, last April um, in response to some of the work we've been doing. So we're currently working on extensions, refurbishments to private homes, workspaces, community spaces, retail fit-outs, uh, and lots of other interesting things. And you're an architectural practice, right? We are, yes. Yeah. Uh, we also work a four-day week for no loss in pay, uh, and we're working towards our B Corp certification. So we're trying to do things differently. Okay, well, actually, my first thing is, so how come you've decided to do things differently? Oh, that's a good question. I think, well, we've both had experience in the industry and working uh, for quite a long time uh, in there. And I've actually been thinking about a presentation uh, to do with a four-day week recently. And one of the things, I don't know if you're a Kubrick fan, but uh, in Space Odyssey 2001, it's almost like the the idea of architectural practice is kind of, you know, the monkey bashing the tool against the, the rock. But the, you know, the way that we practice our architecture is, is is on spaceships flying around arguing with computers. So, you know, it feels like there's disjoint between these two things yeah. where, you know, our work and, and, you know, incredibly progressive in what we do. Um, I guess we're on a mission to try and improve the other bit, um, the actual machinery behind the scenes. That's an, but that's amazing values. And I guess it shows what your ethos is like, isn't it? So, it makes you stand out, doesn't it? I mean, does that help you in your marketing? Have it been so, I guess, open about your values and what you believe? I think so, yeah. I mean, we started with this very loose idea of good things for good people. So the idea being that you want to work with people who want to work with you and you shouldn't waste your energy on those who kind of fight you and so on. And, and you know, that that's not a naive kind of way of thinking, but ultimately there's there's clients who, who um, appreciate and and value your values and, and very much want to work with you. And when those align, then that's a good working relationship. So I think to come back to your point, when you start a practice, you don't really have much to show. So, you know, we're only just starting to publish our first built projects. Wow. And there's some other little bits and bobs that have come. But it takes time for that. So there's there's a bit of a marketing void there, isn't there? I think so so what do you do? Well you can talk about the process, you can talk about your values, you can talk about your people. And then that becomes a bit more of a blend as, as you go forward, I think. And you can talk about cycling, which is something that I know you did a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but cycling's huge in the kind of in the industry, isn't it? There is a whole kind of group community. It's, it's isn't a there? new golf in a way, but yeah. I mean, it, I mean, to touch on that point, we we did at one point 
have all our, well, 75% of our leads came from cycling. So we, we track all those things. But I think there's something quite interesting about cycling in that, you know, all these networking events where we've been to and we stand awkwardly with a Peroni ga- gazing into each other's eyes and hoping <laughs> and that going, it ends I feel really uncomfortable. Let me just <clears throat> neck everything back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think the thing that's quite nice about cycling is that you don't have that um, direct visual eye contact. You cycle next to each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you go on a bit of a journey together and, um, and actually most of the, the camaraderie and the, and the kind of friendships basically they're built there then can turn into work relationships afterwards. Um, it's, it's just another means of finding people who you get on with really. I think. It's a much nicer way of networking. It's interesting because the other week I went to uh, a women in construction event and it wasn't about drinking like it normally is. It was literally, we had afternoon mm. tea. So it's like a room full of women Lovely. just having great conversations, you know, over five tables. And it was just really nice. And it wasn't about booze. It was, you know, it was... Was it sat down as well? It was a fort, that, that that fort masons. It was beautiful. Oh, okay. Very <laughs> Not just afternoon tea. <laughs> it was gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was probably sat down with amazing cakes. I'll show you pictures. Um, mm. But it was a different... It had a different energy like, to what you'd normally go to. And you felt really comfortable. That's good. I think there's so many awkward events. And I think not understanding what networking is when you start out is quite quite interesting you kind of always look for the clients but actually it's just about talking to people isn't it and yeah it's quite hard to track that return but you, you just more people you talk to and the more people you engage with you know the better it is but yeah the cold the cold conversations are the hardest aren't they yeah they are definitely the hardest and they're the hardest to kind of get you from a to b in terms of working relationship mm. because you're mm. starting from so far away and i think any kind of things you yeah. can do to fast track that and make your make make both sides feel more comfortable is better so actually going back to so two years ago when you were starting out how did you win those first projects what did you do uh well we stopped saying no so you know we turned down lots of opportunities over the years and we simply stopped saying no is 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 part one of the process um and then you know we're both very busy with work uh, i was also uh doing architectural photography part-time so very little capacity to do that outside of it um but I think most importantly, telling people that you want work and actually dropping into every conversation, hey, we've set up a practice, you know, and and the more you do that and the more confident you feel about it, it's not like, hey, I want some work from you, yeah. but it's just, hey, you know, we're looking for some work, you know, um, and actually being quite specific about it, I think really helped actually. Um, did you specify the types of work or did you, was it literally, hi, we were looking for some work, do you know where you are or... Was it more like we're looking for this type I'd of work? I'd love to say that we were very driven and had a really clear <laughs> elevator pitch about it. That's what I'm asking. I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't. I think it was more just a kind of, yeah, we set up a practice, we're looking for stuff. And then, you know, it turns into a conversation yeah. rather than a kind of one-way one way babble, perhaps. Okay. Um, but people were quite receptive to that. And then what we found is that people became almost ambassadors for us and would then go on and ask their network to kind of, you know, then send opportunities through to us that way. So... Um, I, guess you, I think that was kind of it, really. But I guess you've planted the seed, haven't you? You've planted the seed in their head. Actually, when something does come up, they are, oh, actually, I do know someone who's doing that. And, and they'll be great. Exactly, yeah. So I think... It, I think there's a bit of an assumption that you're too busy to do stuff sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you, if you don't say that you're actually looking for work, then I think people can assume from your social media presence, oh, these guys have got so much stuff going on that, you know, <laughs> they can't possibly take anything more, but you know, that might not be the case. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point. And was there anything else you did in terms of starting out? So you kind of did the word of mouth, we're here, we're taking on work, we're not saying no, come to us. Anything else that really kind of helped you to get going? I, 
I think it's just, I mean, it's just going and talking to people. There's, there's no secret about it, but I think it's just personal relationships, um, going to talk to people, showing them PDF portfolio, coffees, breakfasts, uh, lunches, dinners, whatever, just any way of kind of engaging with people, um, or organizing bike rides or a- any way of just kind of talking to people about what we did, um, or, or doing or hope to do really. Um, I, you know, I, I could say it was really strategic, but unfortunately I think it's just, uh, I mean, you're forming your ideas and your values as you go, aren't you? Absolutely. So I think, you know, you're, you're learning as, as you go. And also I think, you know, like saying stuff out loud, that really does start to solidify. Mm. I think, you know, we hear your own words and it's like, is that true? Do I believe this? And it starts to evolve as well, doesn't it? And also you get more comfortable Absolutely. in certain things. Absolutely. So I think yeah. you're right. It's saying it out loud. This is a real thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find kind of having to do the kind of marketing and BD side? Was it something you're comfortable with or did you find it a bit alien to you? Or uh, I mean, I, f- I find it okay. And, and, you know, I guess I find it easier, but it's, it's still hard. You know, it still has moments of awkwardness and, and promoting oneself and um, being so direct about that kind of it can be a bit icky, but you know, you kind of, you work through those issues. I've had a, a business coach or professional mentor to help me kind of get a bit more comfortable with that. And, and actually it's, it's, we also had some really good advice from um, Martin and you and I actually, who really helped us um, refine our pitch and gave us some really brutal advice, which was brilliant. And it's gone a lot better since then, really. But it's also asking for feedback as well. So if you're if you're pitching to somebody or just showing stuff to uh, somebody who's probably not going to give you work directly, yeah. it's like, well, you know, how, how do you think that? Do you think that's the right kind of message? And and actually engaging them in the process rather than just blurbing at them and then and then paying the bill and go yeah it's better to ask questions as well isn't it you don't want to be the only person talking in the room i think that, that's such a thing isn't it listening <laughs> actually do it's learn a lot two ears one mouth isn't it and um, use them in that priority yeah i know it's hard <laughs> i don't know so um so in terms of kind of bd i know when i've spoken to you previously you built like this amazing database when you were starting out didn't you and you started doing things am i lying no, not at all. Um, you are the systems no. and processes man, aren't you? So, uh, what yeah, kind of stuff did you do? What yeah. did you do for the kind of BD side to kind of get yourself going and structured? So you were out networking, so, talking to people, word so of mouth. Also, I mean, we have a we have a bit of a kind of a goal in terms of that we'll put systems in place correctly from day one, and that's all sorts of other kind of things. But one of the things that I've talked to you about is obviously our, our CRM, customer relationship management system, which sounds awful, very uh, corporate, but ultimately it, it's. It it does two things. It tracks contacts, you know, so contacts and our network is our lifeblood essentially. So how do we engage with them? Who gets a Christmas card? You know, when we get to it, who gets a mailing, mail, you know, get on the email mailing list and so on. Um, Then then we also track leads through there as well. So, you know, a conversation turns into a lead, it gets a number and then it goes to a pipeline tracker and sometimes it dies and we track why it's died and also where it's come from and so on. So the idea being that you can focus your attention on the right efforts to get the work in. So, you know, if nothing's come from Instagram, okay, keep Instagram going, for instance, but it's not a core part of your pipeline at this stage. You know what I mean? Um, what is the- so it's, it's relatively scientific in some ways. I, it helps It helps focus your attention in your mind, right? Because you can actually look back and go, where did this work come from? What is working? Yeah. And more importantly, not forget that a lead is there that probably just needs tickling on a little bit and might take 18 months to bring in. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, 
don't forget about it. I was like, oh God, I've just remembered that, you know, avoid that stuff. <laughs> it's easier though, isn't it? Because you can actually send yourself a reminder that says, Ta- you know, contact this person now. Okay. Like, take, yeah. Take yeah. I mean, set all it? those things in the system. Yeah. And, and also if, if um, you know, if somebody else is looking at that contact, they can see there's an existing relationship and conversation there and that, you know, uh, not to interrupt that or, or start again from fresh and so And in terms of, I guess, which channels, marketing channels, are there particular ones that are working for you quite well in terms of your kind of BD and, and, and you're getting out and winning work? Instagram is, 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 is good, but I think the, the problem with Instagram at the moment is that it wants you to do reels, you know, to, to please the algorithm. We just don't have the, don't have the capacity to, to, to format all the stuff in the right way yeah. for them. Sometimes we'll have a go and they've been popular. I think we had some interesting structural stuff going on the site and I made a reel and it, and it was, you know, the, the algorithm loved it. Um, but you, you didn't love it. Well, it took, it took a couple of hours to put it together and, yeah. you know, and, and that's probably not the best use of my time. Um, but I think LinkedIn is probably one of the key ones for us. And I think, and that's most responsive when, when we've reshared something on our personal account from the business account. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, and some really, really quite a lot of, um, engagement and that's what it what it's there and and actually a couple of times people will follow up via whatsapp and start a separate conversation out of that fantastic that's um, really great that is a proper so, conversation yeah i mean linkedin does feel like it's turning to facebook a bit but i think if you keep it you know <laughs> uh, professional and actually talking about and people are genuinely interested in what you're doing and yeah. how you're solving challenges and you know we're all trying to do those things really i always class linkedin as the kind of platform for business and that's kind of what it mm. is. It's, it is, but you're right. It has got a bit Facebooky, but I think they've just literally made another algorithm change, which is going to supposedly right. make it less Facebooky. Right. Um, okay. But um, what is interesting? I know that you were a big Twitter user. <laughs> yeah. How do you find Twitter I, I these days? <laughs> I mean, I don't, we don't, we don't, we don't really get much reach on it. Um, I, I don't think it's something I really want to invest in at the moment. I yeah. mean, we, we do, we do cross post to it, but. Um, I think I think it's it's in a difficult place at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But um, previously, you did use it a lot because I remember I used to follow you there. But yeah, I mean, per- personally, I, I still still use it, but uh, more to find information. I think, and I find lots of things like I don't know, straw bell construction or some stats on housing yeah. market or um, this that, and the other. Some really interesting people posting there, um, and occasionally I'll post a kind of completed picture or something. But I, I don't feel like it's it's our primary concern. No. I mean, w- one thing that does work well for us is is a kind of offline thing, which is I mentioned earlier, sending a Christmas card, you know, a physical Christmas card to people, reminding people you're there um, with a nice picture with a silly Christmas hat photoshopped on and some snow <laughs> actually works quite well because actually, you know, it's like middle of January, February, you know, people then start getting in touch saying, oh, thanks for the Christmas card and really appreciate it. Um, wow. Especially if it's late. Second <laughs> <laughs> of January, is that the way? Happy Christmas! This year of our postal well, system we t- as well. <laughs> it takes a long time to do, and we cut it a bit fine this year. So I sent one to Portugal, which arrived before many of the ones in London, which, you know, <laughs> it's just... Uh... <laughs> Hi, it's Io here, and I just wanted to tell you a bit more about the show. The Built Environment Marketing Show was set up during lockdown one as a way to help firms do better marketing. It was very much about having the conversations that I have with my friends and showing what best practice really is. 
in terms of me, well, I'm actually a generalist marketeer. So I guess I know lots of things about marketing and how to pull everything together. So I could be talking about, you know, PR or understanding what to do next strategy wise or figuring out how to get in front of the right audience or what messaging you should be using. Those are all things that I'm kind of really skilled in and understand how to do for my clients. I now work for myself and I set up my own consultancy at Bass Marketing in 2020. And I'm working with a range of engineering and architectural firms and even prop tech firms who really want to, I guess, talk the language of their clients and their audiences and do something a bit different in terms of their strategy and content. If what I do sounds of interest to you, do email me at io at abassmarketing.com and that's A-Y-O or head to my website, which is www.abassmarketing.com for more info. There's also a link in the show notes. Bye. Is there any advice you would give to a, a practice looking to start, get started now? I guess you started two years ago and you kind of went out. Is there any advice you'd go... These are the types of things you should be doing from day one. Is there anything you've learned? Um, I think in terms of marketing, yeah, I think don't ignore it. Unfortunately, you have to do it. Um, and if you're not very good at it yourself, try and plug someone in who is. Um, talk to people. Yeah. Conversations are what make people want to give you work and they're buying into you as an individual uh, often, as well as, you know, the, the company and, and the values behind that. Um and I think one of the trickiest things, I think, is trying to find the balance between social media, posting all the time and reminding people you're there, uh, but doing something interesting and not just posting for the sake of it. See what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, having content, I mean, we're meant to have a content plan. Um, <laughs> I've got around to that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's still a little bit ad hoc, but, you know, space posts out, don't put them all in one um, kind of Huge, uh, long thing. thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, be human I think is probably the, the key thing I think a lot of a lot of people just cover themselves up in this very professional rapper and they don't actually get to that human aspect which people do actually really engage with maybe have other channels for that yeah um, I think two more points maybe is that just in terms of social media I think it's not just a one-way thing you need to engage with people and talk to people and if someone's put a heart eyes emoji on your thing the least you can do is like it and reply back with a I don't know, wavy hands emoji, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not, it's not just a one way thing, but you know, and comment on other people's things and, and celebrate other people's work as well. Oh, it's I about engaging, really isn't it? And I think the more you put exactly, in, in terms yeah. of engagement, because I often say to people, you could literally start on LinkedIn and not post anything, but just engage with people. People, you still have, Absolutely, you start having yeah. those conversations. You don't even need to post. Yeah. 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 And I think the last thing is just that everything is an opportunity you know, you can turn almost every conversation into an opportunity. Yeah, and not feel icky. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, when that, you know, it could be an opportunity to help somebody else out who then helps you out, you see what I mean? So it's not just about what can they give for you, but the conversation is about engaging with them, getting in, and, and you know, I don't know, we, we go on to show people how a CRM works. You know? Well, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like when you, you said know, that so in that build-up event, I was really like, lots of people don't have that. <laughs> It doesn't need to be a hugely complex system. It could be Monday or Asana, you know what I mean? It's like, but just having something Absolutely, to yeah. that. And I think, I or think you've, 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 you've cracked how to use zero in a different way. I don't know, but yeah. you know, it's, it's some skill that you can share, which then people will reciprocate, you know. Totally. Okay. So moving on to, you've been in kind of business now for two years. How has your marketing evolved? I know you did a comms crit recently with Rob and Luke and Bobby, didn't you? That's right. Yeah. I think, 
it seemed like a really uh, good way of getting a bit of assessment where we of where we are, and uh, that involved uh, an hour phone call, uh, Zoom call with, with them, and then a report. I think about a week later, um, and actually. It was quite complimentary in places, actually, which is quite nice. So, you know, I haven't made a complete mess of it. <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, but also made a very, very clear, direct summary of where we needed to focus our attention and what we needed to sort out, um, which is invaluable, really. Um, and on the back of that, we've since, since appointed Bobby and Luke on a retainer basis to help us with various other things. So the process of just talking out loud with them was also just really helpful. A bit like yeah. therapy, maybe. <laughs> we've been trying <laughs> to do this. How have we been doing the right thing? <laughs> You're like, we never like, need to go this yeah. way. It's like, ah, um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think I think the other part of that was that it it showed just how much there is to do, really. And it sometimes feels like a full-time job in itself, keeping on top yeah. of it. So plugging someone in to help you and guide with that is, is, is really, really helpful. And they'll have systems and processes to help you fast-track getting there. And I think... It's just knowing how to, yeah, tackle all of it. Because there is a lot you can do in marketing. It's, there really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not our core competency. So, you know, it's 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 probably sensible that we plug somebody else in whose it is, really. Yeah. Um, and even just writing a press release is, is, a, is a dark art that I don't quite fully understand. <laughs> but, you know, we've provided them all the information. They've, like how, they've done a brilliant job like of sending it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also they do have connections as well. And I think it's also they'll have connections into who to sell it into and how and what journalists need. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's yeah. that it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't really cover the yeah. side because it's never been my bag. But um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I do I do I do think it's worthwhile. Uh and I think the other part of that is we've probably come a bit more confident kind of standing behind our values, if that makes sense. Yeah. So actually when you start out, you talk about all these things and talk about what you want to do. But then later in that process, you've kind of done a bit more of it and it feels a bit more authentic and you can actually stand a bit taller with your shoulders not quite so slouched and, and say, yeah, this is us and this is who we are. And actually we do stand behind these values and, and, and we're actually doing it. Well, exactly. And it's actually doing it. It's like, yes, we are doing a four day week and we've been doing it since then. And this is the, you know, and you can prove it as well. And I think once you've got Absolutely, that, it's yeah. easier just to kind of go, this is who we are. And it's not just some weird kind of, oh, they're just doing it for publicity purposes. It's like, no, we are actually doing it. I think that does help. Yes, it's like growing up, isn't it? <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a bit like greenwashing, isn't it? You, you can say all you want online, but ultimately you have to you have to deliver against it. Exactly. And we set ourselves some quite high values to to then stand behind. And so, um, so how would you define success for your kind of marketing and business development? What's successful to you? Ooh, interesting. Um, I think in the short term, it's probably engagement. If we're talking about marketing, yeah. Um, likes, comments, conversations that come out of the back of that. Um, something that's always stuck with me is something about Jenny Montgomery who talked about, I think it was going to some uh, trade fair or something, but leading the conversation and actually knowing what the conversation you're leading on and then <clears throat> following up with people and taking that conversation further offline, yeah. see what I mean? I think, I think that's quite a, a successful thing to translate those, those uh, likes and heart emojis into. Um, offline conversations i think it's definitely the way yeah, yeah. i think so um and then that turns in that marketing then turns into business development i think yeah. um and understanding the difference between the two maybe but um those the people people do see a lot and they're, they're very aware of what you do and what you put out 
and they're quite quick to link into what you've seen before. Excuse the pun. Um, but do you, do you, Does uh, it surprise you, you know, They will pick up and see. Does it surprise you? You know, when you it, meet people and they're like, how was your bike ride to blah, blah, blah? And you're like, huh? Yeah, yeah, a bit. Because I do I'm like, huh? <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I think what's really nice is that people have a genuine interest in what we're doing. Yeah, they do. Um, other than our mothers, you know, it's moved beyond that. And it's, um, it's uh, you know, it's it's started as friends and family, but that network has grown to kind of various people who are, who are generally quite interested in what we're doing and, and, and our success. Fantastic. So, final question. So what tip or advice would you give to a practice starting out now if they're about to I just go for global architectural domination? Ooh, um, <laughs> maybe not quite that big, but you know what I mean. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's a journey. It's a journey. And there's a, there's a phrase my girlfriends use, which for architects especially, is that um, don't always look for the light at the end of the tunnel. Enjoy the tunnel. That's so true. Uh, and actually enjoy the process, you know. Um, we talked about um, all the time we're solving a different challenge. You see what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's also important to look back and see what challenges you've actually solved because, you, you know, you're always, you're always moving forward. Um, I think one thing is, is quite important is to kind of try and define and update your vision. And, you know, we don't, we don't have a, a very detailed business plan, although we do have one. Yeah. But I think the vision is what stand, we stand behind the most. And that helps us judge opportunities. Do they align with the values? Is this strategic in terms of where we want to be? Um, and I think that changes as, as you do more things, really. Yeah. And I think another thing is don't be modest about your work. Um, because, you know, there's this kind of tortured ar- artist syndrome of architects that will just, we won't say too much about this, but like, <laughs> well, no. celebrate it. You know, it's like, hey, we had a great time here. We just had a brilliant meeting. Look at these lovely drawings or... Oh, look at this cat walking over the drawings or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's about celebrating, I think, everything you do. And I think showing joy in, in the process as much as the final photos, because if you're just showing the final photos, then it's a miss, you've it's missed a miss 95%. But also, really. I think the other yeah. thing is lots of people don't understand what an architect does. And that's half the issue. And that's where the value yeah. is being eroded. And it's like, actually, let's share what an architect does. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're, we're very clear about where we add value. And, and and counter to that as well, we're clear where we don't. So we plug in other experts, you know, for copywriting, photography, marketing, brand, yeah. graphics, survey, surveys, all sorts of other things. But, you know, where do we add value? Really focus on that. And I think focusing on those core competencies and having others to support you is probably one of the best tips I would give. Fantastic. Thanks so much for today, Andy. Been a great guest. Thank you. Thanks for having me. so much for listening to the built environment marketing show don't forget to check out the show notes which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode you can find that on abassmarketing.com and of course if you like the show please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us see you soon